0: hey guys and welcome to the brandon fraser podcast where we talk everything and anything brandon fraser
1: spent seven months training with the Royal Canadian Mounted Policeman for that one in preparation. Wow. I had no idea. I didn't tell you about it.
0: We're your hosts, Carla.
2: And Daniel. So how was your day?
0: Tiring. I've been up way too early. Perfect. This morning.
2: Fantastic.
0: Yeah. So I have, I'm like full of energy right now, especially exactly. after my nap. To so. to all those
2: listeners out there, we always try to bring you the most energetic <laughs> podcast.
0: Can you tell in our voices? You can totally do it, yeah. And
2: obviously, so. another thank you to everybody that either emailed or sent an audio for the last week's episode, episode six, where we talked about your favorite Brand Fraser film. Hope you listened to it. If you haven't, go back and listen to it. It's the best one we've done so far.
0: Yes, but you, you, you also have to listen to the previous ones, too. Yeah. Come on, guys.
2: Yeah, you know, <laughs> if you have time. But number six, it's the yeah, best. Yeah, listen
0: to it. Tell us about it, you know. Tell us in the comments or whatever you want to do, but yeah, no, definitely. Thank you to everyone um, who participated and those that have listened so far. So thank you.
2: So, you watched Trust?
0: Yes, I did. What did you think? I I really liked it. I enjoyed this um, entire episode from like beginning to end. Um, I know, like last week's episode, I liked it, but. It went a little bit slow from last week up until the end, so I'm not spoiling the end for those that haven't seen it from last week's episode. But this week, top-notch from beginning to end, like those five minutes, there's like no dialogue whatsoever. All there is is like music. The music throughout this episode has been on point. It really has.
2: I was just looking up. That was episode six, correct?
0: Yes. Episode six. It was a good episode like throughout the entire thing. Like I didn't get bored like I was on the other one.
2: Well, I mean, to me, the the level of how much I enjoy it, usually if you have like a, a grid or graph where it's like the amount of Fletcher Chase or Chase Fletcher, Fletcher Chase. Fletcher Chase. <laughs> If you have like a graph, the level of how many minutes he's in the episode, it's equal yeah. to how much I enjoy the episode.
0: Oh, really? <laughs> I, it's
2: Because it's really two different shows when he's there and not there.
0: Yeah, but in this episode, you actually see him show emotion. Yeah, yeah. So that was a first on the entire. Well, from aside from like the first episode where he's you know acting out, but in this one, you you see a different um, a different side of him for sure. But so you know, they have that contract, and we find out that one of the girlfriends (spoiler alert) is pregnant.
1: What?
0: Yeah. Yeah, so she's pregnant and very towards the end of the episode, she and um, she ends up telling Big Getty about it and he just, like, looks at her the entire time. It's like, you know, you're a breach of contract. And she was like, yes, I know, but, you know, I figured, you know, you want another son. And he was like, do you realize that my, basically saying, like, my sins are shitheads. Yeah. Like, have you not noticed? Like, why would I Earth would I want another son? If you've seen like all the males in the family are just awful, <laughs> so she. Ba- so basically, he just tells her like, you need to get rid of it, or you need to leave the house. Your choice. So, I was like, ooh, that's that's harsh.
2: Now, for me, there's a couple. or oh, like two different parts that with Fraser that really stood out. Obviously, when my Second favorite would be, once they find out that Getty is alive, Gal Getty goes to find Fletcher Chase. And yes. Fletcher is with the girl Lady met at the bar. Give me
0: a smile and I'll buy you a drink. And he does that, like, that half-ass smile that everybody does. That was really funny to me.
2: No, that was perfect. I mean...
0: Yeah, I, that was funny. Just a shock. But-
2: the shot was from behind and it's just, you know, the, the cowboy hat, he's at the bar. Like,
0: mm-hmm.
2: It's pretty iconic at this point. And when, uh, when Gail goes to the hotel room, I mean, I posted the, the one still where he's like, cause I think he's just got boxers (laughs) and shirt, just hands on his hip. And it's like, talk to me. It's such a classic character at this point that all of his dialogue, like you just want to quote or I want to post it because everything just feels like memorable.
0: Basically tells the, his lady friend, you need to exit now because now I'm on company hour. He means business. So he just like kicks the, yeah. And what She he said something back in
2: French and he says,
0: said, Oh, I, that's as much as I understood. Basically. Yeah. I know
2: that much French is something like that.
0: Yeah. It's something like that. It's funny. Cause he actually speaks French, you know,
2: <laughs> the other scene, which to me is the best of the whole episode, maybe the whole show. I've said it a few times already with different parts, but Fletcher is like laying, he's like sleeping.
0: That's when they're going to have uh. big Getty comes to Rome. And then, of course, Fletcher drives him down that road, which is really awesome because he's just, like, going around. It's like there's a bunch of trees and he's just winding down the road and, like, it's great music in the background. So, basically, you have the kidnappers and you have Big Getty and whoever, like, the one in charge and Big Getty go off on a walk. And they're, like, the whole dialogue is in Italian, basically. And then, of course, the other guys stay back, especially Fletcher. So, he's just chilling. So, they've been away for a while so you have fletcher like just laying down on like basically one of the broken one of the broken down buildings or like structures or whatever
2: you have fletcher chase he's taking a nap like he should cowboy hat and you got primo who's just pure evil you know walks over wakes him up fletcher sits up makes a comment about primo's gun something like what kind of gun are you carrying primo shows it to him fletcher says hey used to carry that back in in vietnam And then Primo, out of curiosity, says, you know, what kind of gun do you have? Like, what are you carrying right now? And Fletcher goes on to explain, nothing. What's in your pocket? Oh, I got the radio. Pulls the radio out, clicks it a couple times. No big deal. You're like, interesting. Because as a viewer at this point, we've seen, you know, six or seven episodes of Primo being, you know, pure evil. Or at least, I don't know if he was in the first or second episode, but we've seen a few where, he, you know, he's not a good guy. So when you see Fletcher just casually taking a nap, and you've got Primo right there, you're kind of like, one, how is he so calm and cool in this setting? Yeah. Maybe maybe he just doesn't understand what he's gotten himself into because he's he could be killed any second. Essentially, that's what I'm of, thinking. Of course. And when you know Primo pulls out the gun and Fletcher says, "I don't have one," as a viewer, you're thinking, "This is not going to be good." Like he's right. he's done. Because we as a viewer, we know what Primo's about. We have that, like, suspenseful, terrifying feeling. And mm-hmm. Fletcher is just cool. It's just... Click, click. Oh, it's a radio. You know, just a radio. No big deal. What would you think about that? When you were watching it, what was going through your mind?
0: Uh, Fletcher is just so cool, calm, and collected the entire time. And he always means business. But him having to, like, show off that in, like, a couple of clicks, the helicopter shows up, and then, like, guns are drawn to them it's like oh yeah like no big deal
2: well that was one of my favorite lines because you know he clicks it and Primo Mm -hmm. obviously is thinking this entire time like this guy's crazy I have a gun he doesn't he's going through his mind what could he do he could just do whatever he wants and then boom a second later the chopper shows up with Mm -hmm. weapons on it obviously and Fletcher just casually says something like
0: we used those in Vietnam too
2: and then Primo turns away and, you know, mutters under his breath some curse words. and
0: Probably one of the best scenes I would have to say throughout the entire season was, it's like my favorite one where all of a sudden, Fraser starts talking to the other guy.
1: Yeah, I don't guarantee an answer, but shoot. Mr. Gatti, why doesn't you pay? Why? It's a fair question. $17 million is nothing for him.
0: Fletcher tells them that, you know, rich people aren't like you and me.
1: The rich are not like us. They're different. I mean, you put the same water in and they piss the same water out, but they are different. They play a different game.
0: And he starts giving that comparison from the, he looks at the camera, so he breaks fourth wall, basically. And it's like, you know, in 1969.
1: In 1969, Los Angeles Rams beat the Cowboys in the regular season.
0: So there's a whole comparison of like, him being in Vietnam during during the time of the Rams uh, beating the Cowboys. So he's like telling you this entire story from like Vietnam, and all you see is just like this play by play of the football game.
2: So
1: when I think about the rich, I think about that.
0: I don't know, but I freaking love that entire part. I thought that was a really great one, and especially like that last couple of minutes, Fletcher tells Big Getty, it's like, oh, you, you know, you want me to start getting the the money to them? Oh, no, you need to tell Paul. He's like, Paul. And they meant basically Middle Getty to like basically pay off the kidnappers. I was like, oh my God, like that was the absolute most asshole thing you could possibly do. But it was great though. You see his face like he's stunned by the the fact that he told them that. Like he was, was like confused as like really. So, yeah, no, that was great. It was a great episode. Please go watch it. Please. I'm sorry. I know there's spoilers. Sorry guys, but I had to talk about it. We had to talk about
2: it. So, what Fraser movie did you watch recently?
0: Oh my god. Well, before this one, I like last weekend I I watched Bedazzled. I watched it. Yeah, I rewatched it again. I will say I did enjoy it this
2: time around. It's a good movie, and yeah, yeah. I think hopefully in the near future, maybe once trust is over, I think that's one that I really like to get the fans involved in. That basketball player scene, fantastic. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> I
0: forgot about that scene. Isn't that like funny? it's been such a long time. Oh my god. But yeah. Okay. Right. So, so we, we
2: both watched Dudley do right. It's
0: suddenly do not or do okay? wrong
2: yes I mean let's just <laughs> it is what it is I think
0: I got notes from that okay oh, so gosh. the IMDB the Rotten Tomatoes they're low scores
2: well I very, very 3.9 that's tough yeah. to do
0: let's just say it let's put it out there like I did research this was an Office box bomb their budget was 70 million for this movie no come on Yes, Are you sure? Her budget was. Yes, I honestly Is that what IMDb swear.
2: says? Oh my gosh, it says seventy million.
0: It was seventy million. And okay, you know how much? Guess how much it drew in the box office.
2: Well, I'm looking at this it. This is right now.
0: No, no, you can't look at it.
2: I'm already looking at it. It's bad. Ah, uh,
0: yes, ten million. Wow, it did ten million. Like it did five million domestically and another five million worldwide.
2: This is 1999. so in a one year period, Fraser had blast from the past in like February, the mummy in May and this was looks like August 29th. so
0: but here's the thing. I've noticed a trend on his movies. He does his blockbusters first and then he for some reason he does like a a, a, a box office bomb movie after that. So it just goes, like, you got two good ones, you have a shitty one. You have two good ones again, you have a shitty one again. So he has, like, like a thing happening. I've
2: noticed that, too. But I think the problem with it, because after George of the Jungle, they assumed that this kind of movie would be a hit. And if you were, like, the producer of Dudley Do-Right, you would have been so happy once The Mummy came out and saw how much money it made. You would assume that it would make that budget back... Within a few yeah. weeks.
0: But here's the thing. It was done by two different, um, the, the the rights to it was from two different companies. So Georgia the Jungle was on one of them. And I think this one was done either under Universal or Disney. No, Universal.
2: True. But you can yeah. clearly tell that they copied everything they could from Georgia the Jungle.
0: The movie had potential itself, but they overdid it. That's the thing.
2: They did. So you have characters that were created by Jay Ward, who also created the character of George the Jungle. Yes. Um, it's directed by Hugh Wilson, who also directed Blast from the Past. The f-
0: and the first Wives Clubs.
2: I forgot about that, my apologies. Oh yeah. also Police Academy, apparently. Yeah. Or one yeah, see. But he- yeah, Police Academy.
0: Yeah, but he's dead now, so.
2: Jeez. That was only three months ago.
0: I thought he died like a couple of years ago.
2: No, it's three months ago. Oh shit! That's, That's early. So yeah, I mean, the comparison to George of the Jungle, it's it's pretty clear. I mean, even with the narrator, it has to be the same narrator, right? Nope,
0: different narrator. It
2: sounds just like him.
0: It sounds like him. I I I had to Google him, but it's two completely different narrators because the narrator for this one is Corey Burton, and the narrator for George of the Jungle is Keith Scott.
2: Interesting. But yeah, they definitely try to make it sound just like him, and they even have parts where, like, the narrator might insult Snidely, and Snidely looks at the camera like, "What was that?" The narrator then apologizes. So
0: yeah, but here's the thing: that you know how, like, in the George of the Jungle one, there was a lot more involvement with the narrator. Honestly, you could have done without the narrator on this one.
2: There's a reason Fraser was cast in this role.
0: Yeah, because they saw George of the Jungle. They were like, let's see if we can replicate the same success. Let's see what we can do. But clearly, Universal failed.
2: Well, now the, the animated, the cartoon, you've got Dudley Do-Right with blonde hair, and you have Nell with, like, mm-hmm. a red hair. So mm-hmm. even that alone, the fact that they, they let Nell, who's played by Sarah Jessica Parker, you look at the pictures, and you look at pictures from Georgia the Jungle, even the look of the characters are very similar. I mean, common sense would tell you, okay, you find... At least dye the main actor's hair blonde, make her red hair, but no. They kept it the same.
0: No, I I, I wouldn't be able to take Brendan Fraser seriously if he had the blonde hair. Oh,
2: because of the <laughs> basketball player and uh bedazzled?
0: Probably I wouldn't be able to take him seriously without.
2: Now I also noticed I watched a couple reviews on YouTube. No positive reviews out there. Um of course not. <laughs> but even comparing, you know, George of the Jungle to this movie and in George of the Jungle you get you know, John Cleese of you know Monty Python films who plays The Voice of the Ape. Yeah in Do-Right, you get the actor Eric Idle, I think his name name was, and he plays a prospector.
0: Yeah. He's only in it for not for a couple of scenes. Oh yeah. Like, he's not but yeah, I'm telling he's you, not utilized. Yeah. They
2: just went off the ingredients of, you know, George the Jungle and I'm I'm shocked that it didn't make more than ten million dollars because you would think after the mummy, only a few months later, any movie with Fraser would make more than ten million.
0: Yeah, but here's the thing, Dudley Do Right. No one really knows much about the the cartoon itself than they do George of the Jungle. That's the thing.
2: How many people? More people knew George of the Jungle, the cartoon. I did before the movie.
0: Before the movie, yeah. Gosh, that's a lie. Anyways, but you also have to look at your audience because yes, this was going towards children, basically, but. I don't think anybody actually knew the character at all. Like, maybe the thought it was just like, oh, you know, let's just do whatever. Let's go see it, see what we think. And clearly, it backfired for the studio. I mean, he is a versatile actor, no matter what, because he goes from, like, drama. He goes from rom-coms. He goes from action. He goes from kids. Like, the man has done it all.
2: All right, so what do you—let's get this out of the way first. What do you like about the movie? Um, (laughs) Do you have anything? Okay.
0: What I liked about the movie was, how I don't know, it was, I think I think it was funny how they made the um, lead just be very, super gullible. Okay. And like, Brandon really played it well, because he took um, basically the ingredients of his George of the Jungle um, character and brought it to life in this one as well, but... Of course, it wasn't, like, crazy. I also like the part where he hangs out with one of the, like, I don't know, like, homeless people or I don't know what what the character was playing. But the whole thing, the scene where it's, like, basically a karate kid scene where the dude's just showing Dudley, you know, you need to toughen up, you need to be a bad guy for once and stuff like that. I thought the whole scene was really funny to me. So,
2: so that's what you got. Cool. The hero must face three trials: trust,
0: daring, instinct. For the sake of consistency, we'll start with number two. Daring. Also, another one where like Nell starts coming back, and he asks the question, "Hey, do you know Wayne Gretzky's middle name?"
2: Oh gosh, I hated that part. <laughs> Are you a vampire? How do you know you're not a vampire? I couldn't right. stand that. <laughs>
1: here it's me dudley it's Nell fenwick don't try and confuse me i know you're a vampire and i can prove it too because only a vampire would know the answer to this simple canadian question what is wangreski's middle name well i don't know dudley Ha-ha! well do you no no i don't oh my god i am a vampire
0: oh yeah that the entire part yeah like even beforehand that was, that was just
2: well, the one Ridiculous, part I did like about so. that scene was the moose head landing on Dudley.
0: Yeah. It's like but I don't it's know why he kept wearing ceasing. it out
2: the or tried to get out the door wearing it.
0: Because he couldn't get it off his head. But
2: he eventually did.
0: Yeah. I don't know. It was doing too much.
2: All right. So I have I have a decent list of things that I like, actually, in this movie. Um, obviously, you know, Fraser, it's not his fault. He's good. Um Yeah. But Alfred Molina, who plays Snidely Whiplash, I mean, he does everything he should. Like, even watching the cartoons and comparing the two. Great voice. Mm -hmm. And he's got some funny stuff. There's one part where he goes into, well, we should say this first, but his whole thing is he forces people to sell their stores.
0: Yeah, basically, yeah, he tries to rip off everybody, but in this one it was kind of different. Right, he
2: was basically bringing in gold just so people would swarm the town in Buy from his stores sound yeah. kind of like a fake gold rush anyways he walks into his bar and tells a bartender
1: Shane yes Mr. Whiplash drinks on the house oh, yes sir now wait a second drinks are 50% off right. now wait a second double the price of everything yes
2: sir <laughs> I laughed at that part that's comedy there's funny dialogue when they go to the Native American Corn Festival and they pull up out of the canoe and Nell says Dudley it's totally authentic
1: Dudley this is totally authentic
2: This is Canada, Nell. Things are real up here.
0: Oh, my God.
2: You laughed at that, right?
0: I I did. The whole Native American thing there was kind of offensive.
2: Well, we should get into that, then.
0: Yeah, that was offensive. It was completely whitewashed.
2: Was it bad because they were played by white people, or was it when the Native American puts on glasses, he starts speaking differently, and then Nell responds, making fun of Native Americans? Or
1: just the kumquats, for sure. Deadly. Long time no see. You remember
2: Nell, Nell Fenwick. You look terrific. How's it going? Me do well. Good for you, sugar. Well, come on, let's go see the show. Because
0: even the, the the main like the the main chief or whatever, he's not even Native American. He's white. On one of the scenes, like towards the end, Brandon Fraser takes partakes into like a dance with the Native Americans. I'm like, oh no.
2: It goes a little bit out there, but
0: yeah. Like looking back, like seeing it right now, is just like, yeah, that's a no. But I get it. Like it was nineteen ninety nine, lots of different views back then.
2: That wouldn't fly in a kids' movie today.
0: Oh no! If they would have read yeah. that
2: script, they would have been like, "You got to cut all this out because," I mean, you have Nell saying stuff like, "I thought Native Americans can run all day." I
1: thought Native North Americans could run all day. Oh yeah, like we're really in Indians. We're not leaving without
2: you. The Native Americans in this movie. Well, that's the thing. Like. I don't think they're supposed to be real Native Americans. Like, they even there's one line towards the end, which it's great dialogue because I laughed. But Dudley asked the chief, you got weapons? You got weapons? Weapons? Come on. This is basically a dinner theater we're running in. You got fireworks? That we got.
0: When you're first introduced with the whole Native Americans, they're literally river dancing. And the chief says, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, we're trying to cash out for the Irish. Uh, river dancing is all the rage right now.
2: One of the, I mean, the the names of the of the Indians you have like standing room only.
0: Oh my god! Yeah.
2: You remember standing room only, don't you?
1: Oh, of course I do. How are you, standing room only? Right. Look, can
2: we talk? Certainly. That was bad. I mean, another thing I didn't like. What's up with Deli Do right on the motorcycle with the guns shooting things up?
0: Okay, so basically, remember? Okay, that's like literally after the scene where he's doing like the whole Karate Kid thing, right? Where he's being told it's like, oh, you know, you need to toughen up and everything like that. But he went on like he took it a little bit further on that no, I and agree, became like, like
2: somebody. Like somebody wrote that. Like this is Deli Do right? He's a Canadian Mountie. He rides a horse. Where's the outfit? and they chose to do a movie about that where half the movie he doesn't wear the outfit he gets kicked off the the force and then he's on a, a dirt bike shooting guns and i'm like i don't know much about dolly doright but, but he what was is wearing this?
0: all he was wearing all black and leather so he looked good i'm gonna have to say about that he looked really good in that okay oh, but other than that yeah like the entire scene was i mean i i thought it was funny when, like, Snidely is, like, painting, like, during that uh, scene, he's, like, painting a portrait of Nell, Dudley, after he rolls up in there. And he's, like, you know, I can, he doesn't capture Nell's beauty. And then you look at the, the actual painting, it was, like, basically color with the numbers. Yeah. Whatever number it is, it's, like, the color of it. And so then you see Dudley, after that, hop on his um, dirt bike, and then for some reason he has, like, what, a chainsaw? Or something like that goes into the to one of the bushes there, and then does a whole basically sculpture of Nell. Yeah, and Nell falls in love with him. I'm just like, because the whole time is like, all right, Dudley is in love with Nell since like he was little, and then Sniley is trying to basically like buy her love, and then you have Nell being all naive. It's like, oh my god, everybody is just so nice. Shut up, Nell.
2: Nell was a terrible character. It's so shocking to see Sarah Jessica Parker play that character, especially <sighs> knowing at this time. I think Sex and the City just started around that time.
0: Yes, it was around that time.
2: Boom! She sees Snidely at the what the putt putt course, and yes. they kiss, and then she goes on his golf yeah. cart. Like what there's, is this? It was
0: just, yeah, like there was there was literally so much happening. It was just like you were bombarded with like so many things, and you couldn't like. Be you couldn't enjoy it. I couldn't enjoy it because I'm like, okay, so this is happening, and then it moves on to this, and then yeah. it moves on to this. It's like you're doing way too much,
2: just being punched in the face with like stuff that isn't funny or it's insulting, or just a lot of things do not work in this film. And also, yeah. the opening scene after the animated part, you have you know Nell, Snidely, and Dudley as kids, and yeah, it's implied they're that was all the cute. same age. Yeah, that was cute, but. I'm watching like Alfred Molina, and I looked it up to double check.
0: He's old. He's 15 and he years po- older. Yeah, and but I mean, he's... I understand
2: with Alfred Molina, he's a good actor. Mm-hmm. They just didn't care, you know? They were yeah. They're like, ah, they like, oh, who cares? We got him. Right. Put him in the movie. I... Give him a beard, goatee, whatever.
0: <laughs> like that ridiculous mustache that he had. Yeah.
2: But he was great. Yeah. I mean, just
0: no. Yeah. I mean, Alfred Molina himself, like he ha- he's really good actor. This. Wasn't for him. Like no one should have done this movie. No one asked for it.
2: Oh, I agree. I mean, even the fact no. that Fraser had three movies in one year, it should have made more money. Um, the reviews at the time must have been so bad, and people just like read it and they were they stayed away from it because the movie itself, the cast, the year it came out, it should have made money.
0: It should have made money because like these, the casts during that time were in their prime. Right. They were in their prime, and you would think, okay, like. Let's watch it. We'll enjoy it. We'll love it. Blah blah blah. And then lo and behold, it was a complete flop. It was just useless. It should have gone like straight to video on. It, it shouldn't have even gone to the movie theater at all.
2: Yeah. I mean, do you have anything else that stood out? it's like, it's it's tough to even talk about it because
0: because everything's so negative.
2: No, it really <laughs> like,
0: is. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you know the little the gate things. Like the only thing. I was like, "Oh, that looks like the Jurassic Park gate opening."
2: Okay, well, that's good.
0: <laughs> oh, another part was like when he's like all bad and stuff, and he shoots up that mine, and then yep. like he puts his initials, right. and then like a scene <laughs> later on, it's like everybody's trying to guess what DD meant.
1: You have any idea what this could possibly mean? Doris Day. Just a guess. Dom Delauez. Daniel Day-Lewis. Snoop Doggy Dog. Daphne Demore. Oh, shut up, Doctor Valier. David Duchovny? Dolores Del Rio. Shut up, you idiots! and Rather. This, these initials can only mean one thing. Dudley
0: Do-Right.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff with Dudley, you know, Fraser, his dialogue and the way he plays it. Dudley, he's not the most intelligent guy.
0: In the beginning, they set it up like he was like this smart guy, you know, blah, blah, whatever. But then, like, throughout the movie, he just get getting dumber and dumber and dumber.
2: Did you not notice that? No, I definitely noticed that. I mean, maybe because, no, there's no no excuse for it. Yeah. And overall, some stuff is tough to watch. Like, even when he kept falling out of his, early on, he falls out of his desk chair like five times. And those sound effects kills me.
0: Yeah, like, it was cute when, because they did it during when he was little. They'd seen, that was cute. And then, like, as an adult, it was, like, horrible. But I did laugh when he was, like, talking on the phone.
1: No, no, no. The anchovies go on the half with the pepperoni, and then it's one quarter garlic and one quarter olives. Good. 20 minutes? That's it. Thanks, Mom. I love you, too.
0: 20 minutes? All right. Thanks, Mom. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That that was
2: pretty good. Yeah. There's other stuff. Really, the sound effects, like when he steps on the boards and the board hits him in the face, like they overdo that a lot. But Mm -hmm. at the end of the movie, when Nell does the same thing,
0: Oh yeah, when they both did it, yeah. So that I thought that was cute because then, like, it hits her from behind, and then she like falls into the into the lap of like Fraser, and then they like kiss and right. So that
2: actually paid off and worked, but
0: yeah, but it was over, like it was overly done on that scene when Nell and um, Frasier first, you know, they first Uh see them together. He's just like bumping into everything. Every single time he's trying to tell, you know, I love you. Yeah. That was just overly done. Like it could have been like, it shouldn't have gone that long. That
2: scene is tough to watch. And I'm sure going to play, I'm going to play an audio clip for you probably right now. I just,
1: let's not play games. Nell. I haven't had a chance to say these words before. Oh, (laughs) Dudley. Oh,
2: is that me? hope you enjoyed that it was tough to watch and tough to listen to but there's another part I, just some of the dialogue like it goes to i already fart, fart. <laughs> that's cool. another thing what's up with the, yeah. the farting horse that's like a cheap laugh anyways they go to yeah. i think ottawa Mm-hmm. Dudley goes somewhere. He's like in this office talking to this guy. And the guy says, that's an interesting story. And Dudley says,
1: thank you. I also know a story about a hermit who kept it. A- but let's say you're wrong.
2: Like he has just no idea about the situation. He's like a little kid. <laughs> yeah. But he's got some great dialogue. Other than that, it's movie This movie's tough to watch. I mean, there's a couple. We mentioned some of the, the good stuff about it. I mean, the dialogue with the you got weapons. And visually, yeah. it did look pretty cool. Because you have Snidely and his boat, his his gang of bad guys going towards the shore. You got fireworks going. That was pretty cool. But other than that, yeah. Oh wait, one more good thing. Oh, one more. One more. There's a scene where Dudley tricks a guy. He's he's strapped down. And there's a saw blade, a huge saw blade.
0: Oh yes.
2: He's like basically trying to get information and scaring the guy. And mm-hmm. the guy says, what kind of man are you? And Dudley says, a dangerous a one. Dangerous one. And yeah. then eventually you realize that the blade is actually paper mache because Dudley punches through it, breaks it in half. That yeah, that was pretty cool. But that's <laughs> about it. There's nothing else good.
0: Yeah, no, that was a that was a funny. I guess like towards the very end, when like of course like um they're trying to fight the bad guys and stuff like that, and then like his horse shows up. And then he goes through the both those uh, huge tanks where Sniley and his person, like, shoot at each other. And you have, like, all this explosion scene. Yeah. That was pretty badass. I thought that was really cool. That
2: was pretty That's cool. Because so, you're like, yeah, you know, how, the horse versus the tank. And, of course, Dudley knows what he's doing.
0: But here's the thing. Then again, this is a kid's movie. There's a lot of explosions and shooting and well, stuff yeah, like that. Well, yeah. So. the
2: guns and the dirt bikes and people exploding. Yeah. It's tough to watch because in, in cartoons, I think it works where a character blows up and they just have, like, dirt on their face. But in, yeah. the, in a real a movie with real people, when a guy blows up and there's a huge fireball, but they're just, like, covered in dirt, it's, like, kind of weird. Yeah. This is not... It's a kid's <laughs> movie, but you're showing violence and kind of tricking them. Like, hey... If you it's up. like
0: Michael. <laughs> it's like Michael Bay did this movie.
2: <laughs> a little, it's, it's bad. Do you have any closing thoughts on Deadly Doer? Um,
0: I don't know. Hopefully, if if people have seen it, I'm and enjoyed it. I'm sorry.
2: Well, I mean, if you did enjoy it, send us an email. And like, I'd be curious to kind of hear from people. Maybe if you watched it, maybe you were a kid when you watched it, or maybe you still watch it, but like watching it now. I've never spoken to anybody that said this was their favorite Brennan Fraser film. So I'm confident yeah. more than likely it's not yours.
0: Would I watch this movie again? Probably not.
2: But it's not it's not Fraser's fault because he's 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 great in it. I mean, he looks cool in the outfit too.
0: He's a aesthetically pleasing in this movie, but I other mean, than that,
2: yeah, it's not definitely it. not his fault. He did yeah. everything he could with the material given to him.
0: Yeah, I actually wanna know what the what his thought process was in that movie, or at least what he thought.
2: Well there there's a couple of interviews on YouTube. He talks about his upcoming movie, Dully Do Right, going into it. Same with like Monkey Bone, where you hear him talk about it. <laughs> yeah. On paper, it sounds it great. Looks good. Yeah. And then when you hear like, oh, we've got Sarah Jessica Parker, which late nineties, huge. Yeah. Like massive. And then Alfred Molina also huge and you got the same director as blast from the past it has all the ingredients for a hit movie but you can't remove things from your memory like the the farting horse or the native americans or nell nell is horrible it's just it's tough to watch
0: Uh, yeah, I know. Like, Nell's character had so much potential. Because I thought she was going to be, like, the most reasonable one. Because, like, when she first shows up, she's like, oh, you know, I did everything I wanted to do when I was little. I traveled the world. I got my PhD in, like, um, what was it? Philosophy. Philosophy. Yeah. Like, she was saying all that. And I thought she was going to be, like, the, the... I don't want to say, like, the normal one, but the one that... Was basically the brain, I guess.
2: Well, yeah, exactly. When when she first says that, I'm like, oh, okay. So she's going to be like the strong, intelligent woman yeah. in the film, which is pretty cool. And that makes sense why Sarah Jessica Parker might choose Would, to be a part of this. Right. But then she but becomes
0: the complete opposite. Yeah. You're naming all these great things she did. You know, she seems like the normal one in the entire movie. She had so much potential.
2: The whole thing is just tough because it's, it's a kid's movie, but, I mean, you watch it and you're like, would a kid really enjoy this? Probably not.
0: I guess it just depends on the age that you're taking your kid to watch this because anybody under five years old can, like, sit there and watch it. Because there's a lot happening Sensory overload for those little ones. But if you're older and you're watching this, yeah, you're you're going to hate it.
2: Yeah. But, yeah, if you watched George of the Jungle and then immediately watch Dudley Do-Right, you can clearly tell why George was a hit movie and why Dudley mm-hmm. wasn't. Because they both try to do the same thing. One succeeds, one does not. And it's, yeah. it's like night and day. But, hey, Fraser was great. Some decent parts, lots of horrible parts. And it is what it is.
0: They didn't. They weren't the same writers, were they?
2: Hugh Wilson, the director, also wrote it.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you would have had like maybe the same writers from *George of the Jungle*, I think if this movie would have succeeded, even with a different director. But the fact that Hugh Wilson tried to like play, like basically write out his own version of it, I don't think it worked out too well for him.
2: Yeah, I mean, a simple thing would have been just rewrite the narrator, because with *George of the Jungle*, the narrator
0: on this one. how many times do you think you heard the narrator? Like, I think I heard him only in the beginning and maybe like towards the middle. And I, I don't, I don't, I didn't pay attention, I guess. Yeah. It doesn't, because he wasn't there there.
2: Yeah. There wasn't anything special about it, but. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much our thoughts on Dudley Do-Right. Dudley
0: do right. yeah.
2: yeah. So But
0: I mean, if you want to see it. Watch it. True. But but also okay. If you see it now, watch it and let us know what you think.
2: Yeah, definitely. Like, Something yeah, because I
0: mean, and especially if you, if any of you guys like watched it when you were little, let us know what you thought then. Shoot, I forgot. <laughs> okay, well, that's our review for Dudley and Trust as well.
2: I have to go eat cheeseburgers. So.
0: Yeah, but yeah, guys, uh, thank you for listening. To us, thank you. Let people know about a podcast that would help us, and also if you're, because so, we ended up being on Stitcher this time around, and as well if you're on iTunes, does does the other um, platforms help do ratings or anything like that?
2: That is a good question.
0: But if it doesn't, if you guys could you know, go over to iTunes and give us a rating or, you know, whatever. That would really help us as well. But other than that, thank you for listening to us ramble on, as always. Hopefully you stayed this long to listen.
2: I'm sure they did.
0: Yeah. Don't forget to watch Trust if you haven't watched this episode. And I do apologize for the spoilers, but we had to talk about it. Anything, Daniel?
2: I got nothing.
0: Nothing? Hungry. Wow. Until next time, guys. We'll talk later.
1: Bye. Brendan, Davis Maxfield, I'm producing you today. Hello, how are you? I'm well. I have to say, I'm a huge fan. Thank you. Uh, To me, Crash was a perfect movie. Thank you. Thank you so much. But you know, it wasn't really a stretch playing a privileged white man, as opposed to my work on Dudley. Dudley? Do right. Recall? Hmm. Dudley do right. I spent seven months training with the Royal Canadian Mounted Policemen for that one in preparation. Wow. I had no idea. I didn't tell you about it. So I spent seven months and I still didn't feel like I'd really found what makes that guy tick. You know, I didn't know what was inside of him. I couldn't get into his skin. So I created a backstory. Oh. Dudley was the youngest of seven siblings. His mother, Margaret, a homemaker, a good woman, very attractive. And his father was a blacksmith, hard worker, hot temper. And when he learned that Margaret had been having a, shall we say, flirtation with the town grocer, he snapped. And one Christmas Eve, he bludgeoned her to death, her blood splattering, turning the white snow red. Dudley saw the whole thing. He never saw his father again, save for the occasion. And he was to be executed, a noose around his neck, through the switch, the trap door opened. Papa! Pourquoi? From that day forward, Dudley vowed to live a life of virtue. To only do right. Um, I also like mummy a lot.